Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number. If you want, you can reach out through the KPL app chat. What I want you to do is if you have the KPL app, go ahead, hit that little text message icon up in the top right corner. Now, when you go there, select general message. Those are the messages that I see during the show, and I like to respond to those on the air uh, as well as on the app. So if you use the KPL app, which you should because that's how you get all the best news of the day from right here in Acadiana, as well as some good national stories too, but you should have the app. And if you're listening either through the app or through your radio because you're stuck in traffic right now, go ahead. Well, if you're if you're in your car, wait till you're at a complete stop. Don't don't try to text and drive. Please don't do that. The roads are slick and don't do that in general. It's against the law. But if you're not driving, you can use that little app, that little app chat to send a message to the show. Love talking to y'all. There's a lot to talk about, though. And we do, I think, need to start with some of the latest polling information that's out there because the Democrats, as I've mentioned before, the Democrats have a lot of issues. And the biggest issue is the guy up top. Joe Biden. Right now, Joe Biden is tied with Donald Trump in national polling. In some polls, Biden's up one or two points. In some polls, Trump is up one or two points. But they're virtually tied. Now, caveat to this, before I go any further, is that national polling sucks because we don't have national elections. What we have are a series of state elections, even at the presidential level. When we have our presidential primaries, each state has a primary, and those primaries determine the delegates that candidates get. And when candidates get those delegates, they start taking the lead. So really, state-level polling is the polling that really shows you what things look like right now. And there's some news there as well that I will get to shortly. But the national polling really does get the temperature of the room. And here's why. The majority of America's population lives in gigantic urban areas, and they are largely Democratic. But that's not how the electoral system works. The electoral system balances population and state lines through the Senate, through our uh, electoral college. So even if you win the popular vote, if you lose key states, you still lose the presidential election. We've seen that time and time again. It's worth noting that if you take everybody, including Democrats and including those heavy population centers on the East and West Coast and, uh, and, you know, in between from sea to shining sea, everybody is split between Donald Trump and Joe Biden if it comes down to an election between those two. There's 8% uh, undecided in the Wall Street Journal's poll from this weekend. But there's a problem for the Democrats. Two problems. The first is Donald Trump himself. Donald Trump has roughly half the Republican base on his side right now. Again, 
there's no national primary goes state by state. In some states, he's close to or even over 50 percent. In some, he's way below 50 percent. But the Republican base right now is leaning very heavily to Donald Trump. Despite multiple indictments, despite the negative press coverage, despite everything that the Democrats can say about Trump, Joe Biden isn't beating him in a head-to-head poll. And if he is, it's within the margin of error, like 90, 95% of the polling out there. What's worse is that virtually every other Republican candidate in most of these polls is shown beating Biden. Biden himself is not very popular. He's not very well liked. It's his job that's being called into question. People don't think that Joe Biden is doing a good job. But wait, there's more. This from the New York Times' Nate Cohn, who is a polling analyst. He writes that non-white support of Biden is cratering in this new poll from the Wall Street Journal. Biden's support of non-white voters was 70% in 2020. It's now down to 53%. But it's a sign of a larger national trend. Here's what Cohn writes. Democrats have lost ground among non-white voters in almost every election of the last decade, even as racially charged fights over everything from a border wall to kneeling during the national anthem might have expected, might have been expected to produce the exact opposite result. Weak support for Mr. Biden could easily manifest itself as low turnout as it did in 2022, even if many young and less engaged voters ultimately did not vote for Mr. Trump. There's been a lot of speculation on the right that that Donald Trump is poised to get like 30, 35 percent of the black vote. He's not going to get that. I think people who say that are misreading the signs. It's not that 30 to 40 percent are going to shift to the Republican side. It's very likely Trump could pick up between 10 and 15%, which is such a noticeable shift that gives Trump the election right there. But this 30 to 35% number actually is more likely the case people, the black voters are not voting for Joe Biden. They stay home, they go third party, whatever it is. That's a big problem for Biden and his administration, and they've got to figure that out. I'm not sure they're going to be able to, though, but we will see. All right, let's take our first break of the hour. Joe Cunningham here on The Joe Cunningham Show. We're going to take a break here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. We will be back in just a moment right here. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or send a message through the KPL app chat uh, I think it was Mike who's usually responsive on the app chat. Mike last week or maybe the week before asked about uh, black voters. I know Bongino had been talking about it a good bit. I I don't see I've, – I've seen a lot of people talk about somewhere between like 20, 25, 30, 35 percent, maybe even as much as 40 percent of the black vote shifting to the Republicans. 
I don't see that in any of the data. What I do see is a similar amount leaving the Democrats, which is just as bad. See, here's the thing. Asian Americans are starting to vote like uh, white Americans. Hispanic Americans starting to vote like white Americans. And they're not voting like white academic progressives. They're voting like middle of the road, sometimes center right, sometimes center left, working class Americans. The last demographic holdout for the Democrats are black voters for the most part. And they, in, in recent years, have not been showing up for the Democrats. The problem is that the Democrats have become so ensconced in this bubble, this focus on what James Carville said, the, the faculty lounge politics. They're focused so much on this and they're not connecting with working class voters. Well, who makes up the bulk of working class voters? It's not the rich white progressives. It's white blue collar workers, it's Asian Americans, it's, it's Hispanic Americans, it's black Americans. They are the working class. They're not in faculty lounges. They're not taking advanced feminism 500 at the college level. They're not taking these social theoretical courses at school. If they go to school, they are learning a trade. They are learning something they can go work on, whether it's a business degree, whether it's some other career path that isn't just entirely within this academic bubble. And I say that as someone who studied within those academic bubbles. The problem for Democrats is that they they don't represent the American worker anymore. Now, they pretend to, and that's the whole reason for the big socialism push from AOC and Bernie and some of the others, but they're not. They are not the, the, the working class party anymore. The Republicans would do very well to remember that, but the Republicans have been so in the pocket of big corporations and Wall Street and the chambers of commerce and everything like that, that... Voters are siding with Republicans, not because Republicans represent them, but because Democrats have so pushed them away with the cultural stuff. Republicans can very easily reconnect with working class Americans. And they should. Consider the price of everything still being far higher than it was. Consider that the Saudis and the Russians have both announced that they are going to cut oil production. They're going to keep the cuts going. That's going to cause oil prices to go up. They're already higher than they were a year ago, and they could keep climbing. The Democrats have a working class problem, and Joe Biden is not helping himself when he gives these insane ramblings and things like that. Let's take this break. We'll be back in a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Use the KPL app chat to reach out to the show. If you've got the app, again, it's that little text message icon up in the top corner. Go there. Make sure at the very top of the screen you select general message for the show that you're messaging. Those are the messages that I end up seeing. So I want to make sure your, your messages come through if you've got something, a comment or whatever that you want to share with the show. Now, 
I mentioned in the last half hour Joe Biden's problems. And it's not just his age, although there are a ton of people. I mean, the, the statistics from the Wall Street Journal poll over the weekend were pretty like crazy. 73% say Joe Biden is too old to run for president. 36% of voters say only 36% say Biden is mentally up for the job. Only 37 approve of his handling of the economy and only 34% approve of his, of his handling of inflation. See, here's the thing. Here's what the Democrats and what Joe Biden don't get. You can't sit there and browbeat Americans into thinking everything's okay, which is what they're doing. They're going out, they're saying Bidenomics has done, has created all these jobs. Everything's great. Inflation's coming down. Inflation is still up 3.3%. From last year, prices are still up. Wages have not caught up to inflation. And you can tell on paper, you can say, look, everything looks so much better than it was. Sure, on paper it does. But you and I both know when we go to the grocery store, milk, eggs, dairy, bread, all of these uh, proteins, everything is up. Way higher than it was before. And yes, inflation has come down on some of those things, but they're still more expensive than they were. And we should expect a little bit of inflation every year, don't get me wrong, but it jumped way higher and Americans haven't caught up to it. I was having a, a discussion with somebody who is progressive earlier today, and they said they, they went to a local establishment, and, and this is a place that, that, that specializes in a certain type of food, and people were going and buying it, it's like a, a $5 for whatever it is, which, you know, is, is way more than your average uh, item that you could like go and buy at the store or whatever. But people were paying the, the $5 for it or whatever. And I was like, yeah, because people want to treat themselves. They want to get something good while they think they can afford it because they're uncertain about what's coming next. That's the thing that we're seeing across the board. At the corporate level, corporations are making cuts in anticipation of a potential recession. Wall Street saying, hey, it looks like we made it through without a recession. A lot of companies are still behaving like they expect a recession to be on the way. Hiring has slowed down. Wages are not going up like they were. A lot of folks are still worried. And so now you have Biden who's out there saying, he said it at an event over Labor Day weekend, that since he's been in office, he's cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. And I... I I hope that he's just misrepresenting what his aides have told him and that he's just go running with it. Because if they actually wrote into his speech that he's done that, that's a straight up fiction. From Axios, the federal deficit is expected to double this year from about one trillion last year to two trillion for the fiscal year ending September 30th. There's no precedent for deficits this large as a share of the economy outside war, deep recession, or pandemic, Axios writes. What's more, over the weekend, the Washington Post reported the stunning projected figure from the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, which, if you work in journalism and you weren't expecting high deficits coming, I'm questioning your ability to actually handle and analyze and report on current events because the government's rate of spending has exploded... They came to an agreement, the White House and Congress, to go ahead and just take the spending cap off. There is no debt ceiling anymore is what they're basically spending like. 
and you're surprised by the, the record deficits? More from Axios. Such huge spending imbalances contribute to high interest rates for consumers, including mortgages, in the short run. In the long run, it means interest costs will likely squeeze all other federal priorities. Bigger interest payments plus lower tax receipts despite strong economic growth is what's happening here. Now, here's the thing on all that. Everything's gotten more expensive for us, so we're buying less. When we're buying less, there's less tax revenue going in to the federal coffers. When we're spending less on things because things are more expensive, we pull back on spending. So everybody wants to say the economy is strong right now, except you and I don't feel it. So we're cutting back our spending. This is the same problem the Democrats have every time they talk about taxes. We just need to raise taxes. Everything will be fine. If you seize all of the money from every person who is considered rich in America, you still won't pay off the deficit, much less the national debt. If you're going to raise taxes, you need to cut spending somewhere because when taxes go up, it's the same thing as when inflation goes up. When things get more expensive, we stop spending. When our tax burden goes up, we stop spending and we hoard, we save because we're trying to hold on to the money that the government or whoever is trying to take from us. That's why tax cuts are generally a good economic idea because people feel like they have more money. They go out and they spend more. They make a lot more of these big ticket items. And this isn't some new economic theory. You can go back to... The second and third century A.D., there's a Chinese politician in 200 something A.D. who wrote an entire treatise on governance and said the best way to increase your coffers at the government level is to reduce the tax burden on your citizens. This is millennia old ideas. And yet the Democrats want to raise taxes. They want to raise revenue and increase spending. Those two things don't go together. Those are two. We, those are two gears that are working against each other, not with each other, in the great big clockwork monstrosity that is our federal government. The annual deficit was even higher, $2.8 trillion in 2021, amid COVID spending, according to the Congressional Budget Office. We don't have COVID spending right now. And we're nearing $2 trillion in deficit. Meanwhile, the vapid geriatric in the White House is saying he reduced the deficit by $1.7 trillion. So you have that. You have oil production cuts in Saudi Arabia and Russia, which are going to impact us and impact our oil and gas prices. They're going to do some severe damage because the Biden administration at the beginning of his term, said they were going to put their boots to the throat of oil and gas, and our in, the oil and gas industry has not recovered fully from that, and our, our, our uh, domestic production has not recovered from the slowdown caused by fear over the Biden administration's red tape. Now, on top of all that... Because it only gets worse. You have a blue state migrant crisis. 
This also from Axios. It's a bad day of news for the Biden administration. You don't hear it from really anywhere else. But it's a bad day of news for the Biden administration, for the Democrats as a whole. Tensions between the Biden administration and local Democrats are coming to a head as shelters around the country overflow with thousands of immigrants who arrive in major cities. President Biden is stuck between growing calls to help the Democratic-controlled cities, the politics of the vulnerable immigration issue, and and what the administration views as legal handcuffs prohibiting much action. In cities like New York, Boston, and Chicago, a humanitarian crisis for people hoping for new lives in the U.S. has become desperate. Business leaders and lawmakers at various levels of government are demanding the administration do more to help accommodate migrants and are frustrated by what they say is Biden's lack of response. All of this is brought to you by the Biden administration ignoring the laws at the border. The Biden administration has decided that the laws, our immigration laws, don't matter. They're not going to follow them. And now there's a crisis and even Democrat-controlled cities are struggling under it. And the Biden administration says their hands are tied because they don't want to follow the laws that are there in the first place. Is it any wonder the Democrats are struggling right now? I'm going to take a break here on The Joe Cunningham Show. We'll be back in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you want to chat, check out the KPL app chat. A lot of y'all I know are sending messages, but you're sending it to the wrong show. You need to send it to general message. Those are the messages that I see and typically respond to. Uh, Just letting y'all know, like Billy in Church Point. Billy, I saw the picture. I love the almost vintage-looking setup of the barbecue. Um, Now that we've gotten rain, I'm hoping the burn ban maybe goes away so that we can properly barbecue here in Acadiana because it's still... So it's technically not, I mean, it's technically still summer, but summer is kind of over. Labor Day is kind of the end of summer, right? Uh, And and also college football has started. I know it's the elephant in the room. I wasn't sure if I was going to mention it, but LSU. I'm disappointed too. It did hurt. Um, Kudos to the Cajuns for their win over my alma mater. I'm not bitter about that. I'm bitter about the LSU-Florida State game. I wish I had put money on uh, Clemson-Duke because I had a feeling Duke was going to surprise folks, or rather that Clemson was going to disappoint folks. Uh, But the LSU game, there are things there that were good, but there were some things that were very bad. I really think their quarterback situation needs some addressing at LSU. I, I do. Um he held onto the ball too much. He was very indecisive. I mean, we had two, two fourth and one situations and couldn't seal the deal on that. That changes the dynamic of the game entirely. And then in the second half, the Tigers just looked like they gave up. I mean, it was a fairly close game going into halftime. And then the Tigers just came out and they, they looked like they gave up. Now, I have a lot of faith in Brian. I know a lot of folks were questioning Brian Kelly. I have a lot of faith in Brian Kelly. I had a lot of faith last year. I'm going to continue to have faith this year. But man, man, that's just disappointing. 
Uh, hopefully it turns around. You know, LSU bounced back after Florida State last year, but it was a much closer game. I, I don't know. I'm going to go to an LSU game this weekend. Uh, check out the atmosphere in person. Should be fun. But uh, I, I really, I was really hoping for more on Sunday night from the Tigers. Uh, the Cajuns, the Cajuns did pretty well. There were things I, I think they could kind of work on. Uh, but I really only like to play armchair quarterback when it comes to politics, not sports. I do have thoughts and opinions. I mean, that's the whole reason that I'm on here is to share my thoughts and opinions. But really, also news and analysis. I, I will analyze these things for you, too. Uh, I have a background in some sports reporting and things like that. But really, I'm just kind of disappointed. I'm hoping for a bounce back, but we shall see. All right, you guys, that's it for me. I'm going to be back in 23 hours, 5 o'clock tomorrow. I'll be right back in this spot. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. You can find the podcast version of the show at JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you have if you've missed previous episodes of the show or you want to catch up on something you might have missed today, it's all going to be there. Today's show is going to be uploaded here in a minute. You guys have a great one. I'm going to be back, like I said, in 23 hours here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You guys have a blessed one. Go Cajuns. Go Tigers. We're going to have better weeks in football. Don't you worry about it.